welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 34, The Power of the N-Word, coming to you on Tuesday, March 6, 2018. Networking. It's a word that strikes fear into the hearts of most introverts everywhere. I don't want to network. Don't make me get out there and meet strangers and try to talk about something that will end up being completely uninteresting. I've actually felt that way many times in the past, mostly because I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. Like, you want me to just go talk to strangers about nothing in particular and then somehow ease into the conversation something that I need in my life that I'm hoping that you will give to me even though you don't know me. No! (laughs) Well, it turns out that's not really what networking is supposed to be all about. For me, the thing that worked to make me want to network and to make me enjoy it is when, and I would have to start bracing myself, kind of working myself up to this on the way to the event, is I would say, okay, what do I know or what encouraging thing could I say to some other person there? And I started out by just trying to find somebody who looked more uncomfortable than I was and striking up a conversation with them about, boy, this whole networking thing, I know we're supposed to do it, but it's hard, isn't it? And eventually, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, it just got a little bit easier because I started realizing that when I put the focus on trying to help in some way another person at the event, mostly just to be encouraging, that's my thing. I like to try to encourage other people. There's a million things I can't do to help you, but I can at least encourage you. Well, that's what really started helping me to become a better networker at events. It got to the point where when I was working in um, film and television, I would go to these Christians and media events and I knew so many people. And then I would talk to someone. I'm like, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. And then I talked to someone else. Oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. And I would introduce these other people. Sometimes I was introducing people who had way more experience in the field than I did, but I just happened to be listening to what they said and then realizing that now I had met someone else who might have the answer or some solution or some reason why maybe you two should talk just in case there's anything that, you know, you can help each other with. And then people started asking me, how do you know so many people? Why are you such a good networker? Like you're not even really very far up in this business and you haven't been in it for all that long. So how does it work? Basically, the key is talking to other people in a way that you're listening to them. So that's that's actually kind of an aside from what I wanted to say today. But one of the things that we always think about is in-person networking. And I honestly believe that the key to doing it successfully and for having the least amount of that feeling like I'm going to throw up, I want to go home, is to see what you can do to focus on the other person. Encourage them, listen to them. So many times in the world, we just want someone to listen. And when someone does, we think, that person's really cool. I like them. Without really recognizing that subconsciously the reason you like them is because you found someone who would listen to you and seem to be paying attention to what you were thinking and seem to care at all about what you are saying. Okay, those are some keys to in-person networking. But in general, what are all the different things that you could do to network? Well, I've made you a list. Okay, 
First of all, especially when I was new and I really didn't know anything about anything having to do with writing, except for that I enjoyed doing it and I wanted to do it better. The first thing I did was I started looking at all the different postings, you know, posters and signs and stuff at libraries and asking the librarians, do you have any writers events or do any writers groups meet here? Do you know if they're open to new new members or um, book clubs that meet at the library or other reader events like authors coming in to speak to readers? And I would just go to all these events and then I would talk to the person next to me and I would just be, you know, chatting them up about whatever the thing was that we were at, you know, whether it's authors sitting up front giving us a talk or something else going on. And I would just talk to the person next to me on either side or, you know, the person that I was standing near when I got some water or coffee or whatever. I don't drink coffee, so I always say something else. I'm the person who drinks not coffee. Would you like to meet for not coffee? I've actually got people in Wellington, New Zealand, my old town, saying the same thing, which makes me excited. So if it ever becomes a thing, know that it started with me. Let's meet for not coffee. (laughs) Okay, so libraries, great place to find more information on where writers and readers are gathering. And I mentioned readers because writers are readers. We're interested in books. We love books. We love stories. We love nonfiction books, which are stories about other things, you know. So um, great, great first place to look. Another great place is the community calendar in the area where you live. So the community calendar might be printed in the newspaper at certain times of the week, in which case you might either need to call the newspaper office and ask them, do you have a community calendar and when do you print it? Or, you know, looking at the newspaper if you get one. Uh, Another place is that I actually found my very first writers group that I ever went to, the Tempe Christian Writers Club, by listening to the radio where this particular radio station at a certain time of day and on a certain day of the week Without me really realizing it, I realized later, oh, that was them reading the community calendar event out loud. And um, groups could call into the radio station or in some way, I'm not sure exactly how it worked, and say, I I have an event I'd like to put on the community calendar. And that's how I learned about the first ever writers group that I ever went to and joined. So that was great. Community calendars um, are probably on most, well, I shouldn't say it that way. I think some cities are still kind of in the 20th century, but that's okay. Cities that are being very up-to-date in their events and that sort of thing are probably posting community calendars on their websites. Um, An interesting place that I didn't think about looking for any kind of community calendar is um, down the street from where my friend lives, there is a senior center. And I thought, yeah, they do senior citizen events. But when I sit at the stoplight and watch their uh, neon sign that flashes all their different messages about what's going on, there's a whole bunch of things that are actually more community events. And I think at one point I did see something about a writer's group or something uh, flash through. They, they have all sorts of things, you know, yoga and children's things. And so you never know. You might try calling your senior citizen center or some other kind of community organization or community center. Um, if they have anybody meeting there, somebody probably knows about it. And I think for most places, if you're meeting in a public building, you know, not a, not a private, um, I don't know what, what else would be private besides a house. But anyway, if you're meeting in a public building, I'm almost positive that most of those, um, 
organizations, for lack of a better word, uh, have the rule that you can meet there so long as your group is still open to new members, open to the public. So that's one good thing is that you can kind of make an assumption that if it's being advertised, it's open to the public. Okay. A third one is conferences. Now, going to writers' conferences, of course, are one of the things that a lot of people will suggest to you right away. But let's say you're really early in your career and you're not sure that you want to take that leap yet. You don't want people asking you what you're writing when you're like, I don't know yet. I'm still working on things. I'm not sure what I'm writing. Maybe the other kind of conference that you might want to go to is more like a reader's event. So for instance, when I lived in Sydney, Australia, I went to the Sydney Writers Festival, I think it was called. I think it was called Sydney Writers Festival. Anyway, I was very excited because I thought it would be all about writers. Well, it was, but the event was for readers. So it was more like a ginormous readers event. Um, once I understood that my expectations were totally wrong and I tried to get them into, you know, a more... Uh, correct expectation, then I started having more fun. So it was just a ton of people going to listen to writers talk about their books and stuff uh, and about their process and there would be Q&As and that sort of thing. So that was really fun. And if you weren't really looking to meet a whole bunch of writers, you know, in the room with you or having, um, having somebody teach something about writing, it's a very low-key, low-pressure way to meet people. And then you can just be chatting, and if somebody seems interesting, you can chat a little bit more and maybe exchange email addresses. Um, it doesn't hurt at any stage in your career, no matter how early, to get some inexpensive business cards printed up, either at the office supply store or vistaprint.com or some other place, or even printing them on your, um, on your home printer and just have your name and your email address. That way you're not giving away any private information, but it's a way that you can exchange email addresses with people that you do want to try, you know, seeing whether or not um, you want to build more of a relationship. Okay, so all sorts of different kinds of conferences. Also, national and international organizations organizations uh, that specifically uh, are for writers or people in that general field or maybe some other kind of creative field. So for instance, I'm a member of the Romance Writers of America. Oh my gosh, I think 19 years I've been a member. <laughs> That's kind of crazy, right? Um, so there are all kinds of things that happen by being a member of the national organization. We get a monthly magazine that is filled with tips about writing, tips about the business. Um, a lot of times even things about, you know, staying healthy when you're in a business where you sit, you know, eight or 12 hours a day. It's not good. So we've been getting a lot more stuff on health, uh, entrepreneurial kinds of articles. There's also listings of all sorts of conferences and all sorts of contests and just tons of stuff in the magazines. Great magazine. We also have a lot of online classes, which is also very useful. And in fact, I encourage a lot of people, if you don't know where to start, consider being a member of Romance Writers of America for at least a year so that you can just take advantage of all the many, many learning experiences. Because even if you don't write romance, there are an awful lot of things that still are going to apply to you. You know, whether it's learning more about plotting or characters or setting or how to add atmosphere to your story, or um, like I said, you know, the health, the health articles, the business articles, how to be a self-employed person, 
Um, there, there's so many things that apply to everyone that it, it doesn't really matter. You could ignore the stuff that has to do with writing romance and still get a ton out of it. So these um, organizations, a lot of them have big annual conferences. Those can be very overwhelming. I urge you to go to them, but just be prepared, especially the first time, that it is so many people and so much information. And I strongly encourage you to just remember that sometimes you'll need to take a time out, go up to your room or something, or just sit down in the lobby for a little bit, skip a class, and just kind of help yourself regroup. <laughs> um, but those conferences, on the other hand, you know, are just, they're often fabulous. You know, I won't say every conference that I've ever been to has been amazing, but mostly, you know, the people who put them on, they do a really good job. And there's all sorts of conferences. I have heard so much about Thriller Fest, which is put on by, I believe the correct name of the organization is International Thriller Writers... Maybe that's the end of the title. I'm not sure. But anyway, Thriller Fest. And it always happens around July of every year, their big conference. I have heard so many good things about that conference that I want to go. <laughs> and partially because I would still love to learn more about adding more mysterious and thriller type elements to some of my stories. Some of my stories, they, they need those elements. Um, so there's lots of reasons to go to conferences that are not even part of your main genre or not part of uh, an organization that you actually belong to. These conferences usually have a um, member price and a non-member price, so it's not like you can't go. I'm sure that there are some places that are pretty closed, but conferences, that's another great way to meet people. And again, particularly, um, so I'm most familiar with the Romance Writers of America conference, the RWA conference, and they put a little ribbon on the name tags of everybody who's a first-timer. And so many people will be like, oh, it's your first time. Welcome. How's it going? And they really try people. That's why we use those ribbons, because people really do try to make you feel at home and feel like you're not alone and people are willing to be friendly to you and that sort of thing. So if you do go to a conference like that and they have a little box to check whether or not you're a first timer, I encourage you to check it if you are, because people will make a, a big um, point of trying to make you feel at home and make you feel like people are friendly. Okay. In addition to the national organizations, um, so conferences of any kind, and then national and international organizations that maybe are closer to what you write specifically, which a lot of them are genre related, but there are also just all sorts of other different writing organizations. Um, and within those, and sometimes outside of those, there are online-only chapters. So for instance, in RWA, there is a faith, hope, and love chapter that's primarily a chapter for people writing Christian or inspirational romance, and it's entirely online. A lot of times they'll have some sort of get-together or maybe multiple get-togethers in different areas, depending on who's leading, uh, you know, the... Who, you know, if you have somebody in one area who's really big on, you know, organizing and getting people together, then people in that area are going to get together more, that sort of thing. But for the most part, they are online. And if you really don't want to leave your house or you live in the middle of freaking nowhere and you really can't go anyplace because the nearest um, 
normal chapter meeting is 100 or 200 miles away. And I know people who have lived in areas that far away from a chapter, then these online chapters will still at least give you an opportunity to be in touch with other like-minded individuals on a pretty regular basis. She said it happens through email. Um, and in addition, I just wrote down in my notes, in addition to the faith, hope, and love chapter, there's also, and I just want to say it's FFNP or SFFNP. Anyway, it's the science fiction, fantasy, and paranormal chapter of RWA. That one also is an online chapter. So you don't have to worry about, I don't live near anybody or I don't live near a place where people are meeting. It's just all online. I don't know, but I would guess that there are a lot of other similar uh, either chapters or writers groups in general. And remember, if there isn't something that's just what you're trying to find, you could be the one to start it and that would be great for you and all the other people. Remember on Sunday in the, in the episode about find your people, find your tribe. And I was saying that the uh, title of Seth Godin's book, Tribes, the subtitle or um, the, yeah, kind of the subtitle is um, We Need You to Lead Us. So keep in mind that if you can't find what you're looking for, you might be the person who starts it. And maybe what you're looking for is something that is online but meets twice a year in person. Or you're looking for something that meets in person but also has a really strong, thriving online presence because you only meet like once a month or whatever, but you want a lot more interaction. Well, you might be the person to start and run that particular uh organization or subchapter or whatever. So keep in mind, it might be you that starts the thing that you're most interested in. Okay, so in addition to online chapters, you can also just find an online critique partner. Um, this is somebody that you probably have met through one of these other ways of networking, and you might find a group, an online critique group. Now, some of these people, it's all online. Some of them meet together. Um, any amount of time. I've heard people who meet together weekly, which to me, I'm like, well, that's a lot. <laughs> um, uh, other people meet monthly and you could just, you could find a group that is already going that meets a certain amount of times and you're like, yep, that works for me. Uh, it might be a group that you have to like audition for, apply to, or it might be a group that you start up, or it might be just you and one or two other people. Um, I have a group called My Imaginary Friends <laughs> that came up because when I was in the Tempe Christian Writers Group, uh, there was a few other people who were writing stuff very similar to what I was writing. So it was long form fiction. It was genre fiction. We weren't really all writing in the same genre, but um, compared to other people who were writing a lot more nonfiction or memoir type stuff, we were like, hey, you know what? Let's meet together and talk about, you know, our imaginary friends that we're writing about, our fiction people. And so our group started with six got down to four or five pretty quickly. And then I think it's really just been the three of us for years and years now. Um, we don't really critique each other that much. It's more 
there's a little bit of accountability. There's a lot of sharing of information, a lot of encouragement, and you know, really your group can be whatever you want it to be. So we decided that we wanted to do it this way and it worked for all of us. And sometimes of the three of us, like two of us will do more of one thing, the other person's not that interested, or two others will do more of something else and the other person's not that interested. So depending on your personalities and stuff, again, you can make your group be whatever you want it to be. And you can have as many or as few people in it as you want particularly if you're the one who started it. (laughs) But keep in mind, like there are also groups where um, you actually have to apply to get in to see whether or not you're at the the same level or a close enough level of writing proficiency so that you match the other people enough so that you're helpful when you're helping them. And they're actually helpful as opposed to telling you stuff that you already know if they're at a lower level than you or telling you stuff that you don't understand if they're at a higher level than you. So that is another thing. Um, And just as a little aside, you want to, you really do want to find a group where the people in it are at a similar level than you, a similar level as you, so that you're all able to, um, learn and grow together. Like if you have around the same amount of motivation and drive uh, to learn, to do better, like the amount of writing and critiquing that you want to do and how often you want to do it, the more that you guys are similar. um, And like I said, you know, you don't know so much more that it seems like all you ever do is help the others, but no one really can help you because they're not at a high enough uh, level of writing yet or vice versa. Um, These are the sorts of things that you do want to keep in mind so that you can have the best experience for you and all the other people in the group. All right. And then also, if you're really thinking all these things just sound like too much, I want to start even smaller and even slower. Well, I encourage you to write a signature line at the end of your email. You can usually do this in the preferences area of most email programs. And if you're kind of just starting out, you can just put Kitty Buholtz, comma writer. Only, you know, don't use my name. <laughs> use your name. You can just put comma writer after your name. And then you never know. People might just um, say something to you in an email, like you're writing, what are you writing? And maybe it'll just be that and it won't go any further. Or maybe that's how you'll meet someone because you you put it out there in a way that um, wasn't scary and you don't know who's going to read it or who's going to respond or whatever, but maybe someone will respond and that's how you'll find someone who knows about a writer's group in your area or someone who, hey, I didn't know you were writing. I'm writing too. Do you want to be critique partners? That sort of thing. And if you have already published something, then put author of and then the name or names of uh, one or two of your books and even link to them on one of the websites that sell the books. You just never know when somebody is going to look you up, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, and ask you, you know, hey, do you want to speak at this conference or this event? Or do you want to come to this event? I see that you're a writer, which I didn't know you were a writer or whatever. Um, So this can be a very um, non-confrontational way to get yourself out there too. And then finally, another thing that can be really fun, and 
you never know who you might meet. It might be somebody big and famous, or it might just be super cool people who will end up being part of your tribe. Volunteer at some of these organizations and events. If the library is having some events, ask them if they need volunteers for anything. If some of these small organizations are putting on a reading or an author event or a book signing, ask if you can help with something, if you can help, you know, put up signage or... Uh, you know, it could be anything. Volunteering will help you to meet people. You're helping them so they're already like feeling good about you. And you'll probably meet people who are, have similar interests to you, which is kind of all what networking is about. So what we want to do is try to find ways to get ourselves out there, network in a way that doesn't sound scary, find our tribe, find our people, build our tribe if we need to, and just step by step by step by step, work our way up a little bit more, get a little bit better, learn a little bit more, learn a little bit more than that, become a little bit better writer and a little bit better writer after that. That's what all these things will help you to do. And the more you can find things to do that you think are fun, the more you'll do them. And you know what? Encourage your friends to do it too. Find somebody else who's as scared as you are if that's one of your issues that you're kind of scared to get started. Do it together (laughs) and you won't be alone. All right, I hope this has helped you. I do hope that you go and try some of these suggestions. It's a good time of year. It's um, spring in some parts of the world. It's autumn in other parts in the world. And both of those times are times when people are beginning to think more about, you know, conferences, events, going back to work, back to school, um, back into organizations that they're a part of that maybe they've been off for the summer or off for Christmas. So, There's a lot of things out there, and I gave you a lot of suggestions. I bet you can find even more ways to meet people in a way that you don't think is scary. It's going to be great. You can do it. I believe in you. We'll see you later.